Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome back to another episode of La Javan Latte. Hope you've been having an excellent week so far. Jess and I had a huge week last week with The Bachelor because we've got nothing else going on, let's be honest. We have been publishing Lockie's letters that he sent home to his mum while he was in the mansion. And oh my God, guys, huge news because they have just been voted the number one Bachelor Recaps by us. There's also still time to get involved with our Bachelor Tip and Win because everybody is currently on zero points. So you can head over to LaDarmanLatte.com after the podcast, of course, to get around that. And oh my God, as a reward, fans, for you, we are running our first ever giveaway with my new favorite activewear brand, Mama Movement. For your chance to win an ultra-flattering, sustainable pair of gym pants and matching top, head to the post on our Instagram at Large Almond Latte Media, which we posted yesterday. Like us and Mama Movement and tag two friends, then cross your fingers that you're the lucky winner. Let's get into this massive show. Today on the podcast... I have found a solution for when you're too old for hostels, but too poor for the Plaza Hotel. Welcome to the Elder Millennial Hotel. It's got Insta-worthy decor, brunch included, and orthopedic beds. Then we need to talk about Alan, because Alan can stay. It's cancel culture that needs to see itself out. Finally, I review a TV show where their workplace is the only one in the world that would actually discriminate against white males. Selling Sunset. This week in the Facebook group, La Dame and Latte, we asked you, what will you never, ever, 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 ever do again? And I kind of took one of your responses and ran with it. So I've ended up on this complete tangent and I did try to thread the rest of the responses through, but I had to go on the tangent because I am so excited about this, actually. I've come up with this top-notch business idea that is going to have elder millennials flocking in their masses. It's a strong indication that you've reached 30 if you claim you will never ever stay in a hostel again, as Fan Molly did. And Molly, even if you wanted to, I feel like a lot of them actually have rules where over 30 is a band. Because remember how there was always that random 55-year-old nomad staying in your 12-bed mixed dorm and it was awkward as fuck? You were like, why are you here? You're so old. And honestly, looking back, they were probably only like 30, but they just seemed really old when we were 20. So, yeah, I guess they were probably just like us now. I've given this hostel stay situation a lot of thought previously. It's occupied too much of my brain space. It definitely has its cons, do not get me wrong. People banging in the bunk above you, finding 
residue on your sheets, people getting up at 4am to pack, snoring, catching fleas from the mattress that's thinner from two-ply toilet paper. So yeah, I I do want to stay somewhere where I can get a comfortable 12-hour sleep and go sightseeing in the morning with my bum bag. But when you stay in a hostel, you are usually on a lengthy trip. And I do not want to be on a lengthy trip spending all that time exclusively with one person. I want to meet people, which is like magic because it's not a hobby I ever want to engage in outside of travel. And where else other than a hostel can you meet people and an hour later be Instagram connected, Facebook connected, and heading out alone together, trusting each other with your lives? Like nowhere. Whenever I search for somewhere to stay now that's not a hostel, I'm always trying to find a place that I think will be fun and filled with youngish people, but it's never in the description. Like it never says... Ocean views, two twin beds, breakfast included, and this is a fun place to be if you're too old for hostels but too poor for the Plaza Hotel. So fans, I have come up with a solution to this problem. Welcome to the Elder Millennial Hotel. And it's so sad how excited I am about this because we can't actually travel anywhere and this also doesn't exist. So you have to use your imagination because it would actually be the best holiday ever. First up, we don't work part-time at Woolies anymore, so we can probably afford to pay more than $7 a night, but we're also not retired. And since we'll probably be on a holiday for two weeks min, we can't afford to spend our entire month wage on one night's hotel stay. So it needs to be amazing, but also cut costs in some places so it ends up somewhere in between. The entire hotel must be completely Instagram worthy, like the slow in Bali. Think modern rooms, good photography lighting, an amazing infinity pool, well-presented food. But you know that we're good with IKEA furniture, so you can save the money there. Except for the bed. That shit needs to be orthopedic for our ailing bodies. And we will also have memory foam pillows because Dan Ilya will never travel without his again. Well, you definitely don't need to bring it when you come to the Elder Millennial Hotel because we'll have a fresh memory foam pillow waiting for you upon your arrival. We don't need a full buffet breakfast, although we do definitely need breakfast included, and it's not going to finish at 10am because sometimes we like to nap. Not, see, not a sleep in, it's just our morning nap. So breakfast will run till 3pm. You can hold the vegetables and soups. We don't need that. Save money there. We do need lots of photogenic smoothie bowls, all the acai, ricotta pancakes, omelettes, French toast, avocado. So basically, we'll just have a Melbourne brunch menu, and you should probably throw in some local cool cuisine so we don't look so ignorant. We'll also need some late night snacks. And by late night, I mean like 10 p.m. Like some KFC, some soups and Maccas for us to devour when we're lit. Even though Fan Charlie says we will definitely wake up the next day saying we will never ever eat Dirty Bird again. We will. The pool, and I cannot stress this enough, must be a pool bar. Like a few different pools. One that's more of a doof, 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 doof. And another one that's that was good, Doof. There's, there's another one that's more like a chill, hungover pool, a pool for perfecting your backflips, lots of lilos and flower petals for the Instagram shots. Basically a pool club, but the rooms are totally soundproof, so if you're trying to nap during the day, you won't hear a thing. So there'll be like flowing snacks, drinks, maybe some drinking games, cabanas that we are not paying extra for, 
or buying a Moet Magnum for the privilege of sitting in them, they are all included in your stay. The drinks will only be made from quality alcohol because we'll be drinking every day and our hangovers are real. Like Van Gray says, never again will we be drinking wine from a box. Obviously, all the drinks are also included in your stay. You're not going to be putting it on your room tab and then get to the end of your holiday and be like, well, did I spend $25 or $25,000 on my alcohol? No, all included. The hotel will also organize nights out. So that's how you get to meet other people, like nice dinners, bars, but obviously the dinners will start at 6 p.m. and then head to the bar around 8. So you're back for snacks by 10 and in bed by midnight. What is not allowed at the hotel? Obviously, the number one banned item from the hotel, which I would love to say is children, but it's a bit of a dilemma for me because I have a child. Ugh, so annoying. So I'm going to have to compromise here and say the rule is that you can bring your own parent to look after your child or hire one of the hotel nannies. There's definitely a child's area, but it's very separate from the rest of the hotel and out of the way of the other adult. Also not allowed are bintang singlets and Southern Cross tattoos. Yeah, I obviously imagine this hotel is in Bali because I'm Australian, I'm a bogan, and where else am I going to be going? Actually, this this one is the number one rule. This goes straight to the top. You are not allowed to go sunscreen free. There will be more free-flowing sunscreen than Grey Goose because never again will we not wear sunscreen. Van Laura said, and I staunchly agree, we are so mad at our younger selves for being so sun stupid. Like, young Nicole owes me so much money for all the cash I have to spend on Botox and good skincare to make up for her tanning, which was 100% fruitless anyway. Like I did not ever reach my goal of looking like Christina Aguilera in the dirty film clip. I'm Casper White and I just went a strong shade of red every time. So tanning and not wearing sunscreen wasn't even worth it. Needless to say, there will also be no solarium, an equally sun-stupid venture that Fan Laura, myself, and countless others engaged in. The only difference with this one is that it was actually successful. After 10 sessions of honestly fearing for my life, because I've seen Final Destination and I still know what you did last summer, and I know what can happen in a solarium, but afterwards I was bronze. Stupid as fuck, but bronze. And look, I I genuinely do like being tanned. It makes me feel healthier. It makes my skin tone feel more even. And at this hotel, we are all about body confidence. So there will be free spray tans for everyone because fake tan, good fake tan, not orange fake tan or yellow fake tan or green fake tan, good fake tan is the best invention since the wheel. Also banned from this hotel will be Sun In, a hair regret from fan Christina that is bigger than cutting your own bangs, like tenfold. It's this spray that you spray in your hair like hairspray and voila, you're blonde like Christina Aguilera in her dirty film clip, except you're not at all. It's like this red, orange, yellow, or brown still where you miss bits. And it's a disaster that your mum will scream at you for, and it will take 11 years to grow out. It's 
awful. 12-year-old Nicole casually applied sun into her hair at the school swimming sports away from my mum's disapproving eye, and my hair went as red as my sunburnt Irish Catholic skin. Never again. It's banned. Like, whatever I can do to stop other people suffering from that same unfortunate fate, I will do. And I think the way that this hotel will help that happen is to have a sober mum present, who obviously doubles as the child nanny, because your mum always knows best. She told you not to pluck your eyebrows within an inch of their life. She told you not to dye your beautiful hair with natural highlights. And she told you that when she was young, she used to tan with baby oil, and now she's paying for it. But you did it anyway, you nong. So at this hotel, she'll be there to tell you not to sleep with that guy who's been buying you drinks all day because your drinks are included and he has an eyebrow ring. So I feel like the sober mum is a really valuable addition to the hotel. This hotel is going to be fully booked 365 days a year. But as loyal Lull listeners, you get priority booking. So, you know, if you are a budding philanthropist who would like to donate slash fully bankroll this worthy cause, please slide into our DMs because we 100% need to make this happen. Last week, my Lau friend Jess wrote this amazing article on Ellen and cancel culture, which is on our website at lajamandlatte.com. So I had it on my mind when I came across cancel culture behavior happening in real time. It actually made me want to scream, but instead I decided to swap out this segment last minute so I could use this platform to call it out, which is mildly terrifying because I realized if people listen to this and disagree with me, I run the strong risk of being cancelled myself. If you did read Jess's article, I've used parts of it as flavour throughout, but it's not the same piece, so you can definitely keep listening. The internet can be amazing. It can also be a really cruel and unforgiving place. Cancel culture ensures that no matter what you've done your whole life, one fuck up and you're done. We're not talking about racial, homophobic, sexist, or discriminatory talk or actions like Weinstein, Bill Cosby, stay in the bin, set fire to the bin. The cancel culture we are experiencing today isn't like that. You could be Nelson Mandela or Mother Teresa and you get snapped holding a baby the wrong way, you're done, you're over. It's an extreme form of censorship masquerading as wokeness, and it seeks to chastise anyone whose opinions don't align with that of the status quo, branding you instantly right-wing, which personally I am not, and uneducated, which I have several degrees to also prove that I am not, just because you don't agree with them. So what did I see that triggered me? Well, let me tell you a story, probably with some facts that are irrelevant to the overall segment, but I was fired up. So I'm part of this Facebook group, and sometimes it's a great group full of sexually empowered women, but sometimes it's authoritarian, judgmental, and toxic. It's full of young women, a swarm of which have a degree in wokeness from the University of Facebook. Signs of this degree include constant use of the term emotional labor and parroting memes like doing nothing about racism is the same as actively being racist. Now, these are not necessarily bad things at all. They're just strong signs of where someone is getting their information from. A problem with the surface level degree, and as I'll get to explain with cancel culture, is that these people only study the trending modules that come across their socials, not the whole subject, which I think is how I came across a post of racism deniers. In fact, these women were trying to educate on racism while being racist themselves. (laughs) 
So a woman with Italian heritage pointed out a casually racist comment on her Instagram. It was along the lines of, of course she's Italian, it's always the spicy whites, I roll. The responses, that's not racist. I've never heard of an Italian being discriminated against in Australia for their heritage or looks. <laughs> what? So, I don't know, maybe looking for Alibrandi isn't on the school curriculum anymore. But if you're not familiar, here's a summary from Francesco Riccardi's book, Italians in Australia. Southern Italians particularly were considered racially inferior. In countries of Italian migration, they fostered the idea that they had black blood in their veins due to their proximity to Africa. Or, I don't know, just ask your Italian friend how their families were treated when they migrated to Australia. Another constant theme was people trying to one-up each other on who receives more persecution, as if racism isn't a spectrum. Of course, some persecution is worse than others, some is more recent, but it's like saying, I was whipped 500 times and you were only whipped 400 times and yours was last year, so it doesn't count. It was completely irrational. There were comments upon nasty comments, an angry mob piling up on this girl, bullying her, shutting down her every response with absolute condescending conviction that their opinions were certain. And all these behaviors are at the very core of cancel culture. What I saw in this little corner of the internet is a microcosm for what's happening in a much broader sense. It's worrying, it's dangerous, and it needs to be called out. So what exactly is cancel culture? Well, according to an open letter published by Harper's Magazine, 153 writers and intellectuals, including Gloria Steinem, who signed it, defined it as an intolerance of opposing views, a vogue for public shaming and ostracism, and the tendency to dissolve complex policy issues into a binding moral certainty. So put simply, a person usually in the public sphere does something or says something that is deemed offensive by a small or large group of people. Ultimately, this leads to a mob mentality which spirals and any rational voice is lost. Public backlash ensues and even if there is an apology, the mob seems to get louder and then there are calls, usually through a social media bandwagon, for the person to be cancelled. That is, as Vox states, to effectively end their career or revoke their cultural cachet, whether that's through boycotts of their work or through disciplinary action from their employee. Approximately 34,293 celebrities have been cancelled over the past few years for, in the scheme of things, when we have out-of-control climate change, inept global leadership, widespread disease and illness, I guess you'd call them trivial issues. Vanessa Hudgens got cancelled for being an insensitive drunk. Justin Bieber got cancelled for fighting with his ex-girlfriend, Selena. Taylor Swift got cancelled for having a fight with Kim Kardashian and then, again, for having a song about standing up to bullies and probably about 300 other times for having a boyfriend or a pimple. So, yeah, in most cases, cancel culture is like the gang of mean girls at school who bullied you with lines like, I saw your dad at the football on the weekend and he was drinking beer and yelling at the team because they were losing. Like, yeah, I guess it's slightly more negative than neutral behaviour, but it's pretty harmless and you shouldn't really care, but it's bullying, so you do. There might be no rational argument behind the cancellation, but their voices are loud enough and toxic enough to threaten the voice of the opposing response. Writer Steve Greenhart argues the result of cancel culture is self-censorship and a narrowing of the public discussion. 
How many of us think twice before we post a legitimate message? Not because the post will be offensive per se, but because of the possible repercussions. I had another Italian friend reading the comments in that Facebook group, but of course she wasn't going to go up against the mob to defend herself. She's not a bloody kamikaze pilot. So very quickly, the conversation escalates into a scenario where the loudest but not the most popular voice is heard. Comedian Ricky Gervais has lamented that his own stand-up acts and The Office probably wouldn't get made today because of the amplified societal views and mob mentality, which personally I find very distressing. He said, You turning off your own TV isn't censorship. You trying to get other people to turn off their TV because you don't like something they're watching? That's different. But it's not enough to be cautious about what you make now and in the future. Cancel culture expects that you have been perfect your whole life. Think back 10 to 15 years ago. How many times would you have described something as gay or made a casually racist joke? You'd be mortified if your entire career and legacy and being was judged on those comments. You've grown. You've learned. Now you know better. But cancel culture doesn't care. Jimmy Fallon and Kevin Hart have both been cancelled this year for mistakes they made years ago. Kevin Hart gave up hosting the Oscars as a result. Jimmy Fallon feared for the future of his show after a clip of him going blackface as Chris Rock during an SNL skit resurfaced. He said... How can I say I'm not racist and I actually love this guy? Which, to me, is an obvious rational response, but he couldn't say that. He was advised not to say anything because that just feeds the beast. For the general public, these days cancel culture means simply not aligning yourself with the next big cancellation or outrage makes you abhorrent, dumb, entitled, or a hate monger. To be honest, if I don't align myself with the next celebrity that gets cancelled for having an argument with their ex, I'm not sure I am the dumb one here. But this is exactly what we saw during the black and white photo challenge. If you celebrated women and didn't mention the femicide cause, donate or declare your offline activism efforts, your actions were deemed to be insufficiently enthusiastic and you were considered dumb for not precisely aligning with the criticizers. But the black and white challenge and the Facebook group example do show us that not all topics are so frivolous when it comes to cancel culture. And people absolutely do have a right to draw the line of association at some point. Perhaps one of the more complex examples associated with cancel culture is J.K. Rowling. She has consistently defended her transphobic stance, even when she knew it would lead to her getting cancelled again, but her impact on the world through Harry Potter is undeniable. So understandably, the challenge for fans who have had their lives changed, even saved by Harry Potter when transphobia is such a strongly disagreeable position, is nuanced. It's complicated, and most importantly, it's personal. It's not something that can be resolved in 280 characters or less or by an angry mob. As Obama said, the idea that you're never compromised and that you're politically woke, you should get over that quickly because the world is messy and there are ambiguities. We all have friends and family who vote differently to us, who think differently about political situations and individual and whose views generally don't align to our own. I don't always like it. It's not always comfortable. In fact, personally, I usually find it very uncomfortable. As someone who cries when they're mad, when I have a debate with my friends or family over a differing opinion, it never ends well for me. But I'm definitely not going to write them off into the abyss just because their opinions aren't the same as mine. Because it's just 
just not that black and white as much as I would like it to be. As Obama said, and I know I'm quoting Obama a lot, but he's kind of a heavyweight and gives some solid grounding to my argument. The world is messy. People are far more multifaceted and complex than a single opinion or action. And again, I do really want to be clear that there are are, of course, examples when a personal, moral or legal line is crossed, in which case you may choose to write these people off completely. But generally, I find the very notion of cancelling someone because they simply don't agree with you is ironically very simple-minded. It's childish. It's like deciding not to be friends with someone in primary school because they don't want to play tag one recess. It's childish at the least and somewhat arrogant in the belief that your opinion is correct, but at its worst, it's quite fascist. To have someone cancelled because they don't agree with you, it's not a new concept. We've seen this before in history umpteenth times, Russia, Germany, Italy, Sudan, and it can become really dangerous territory. Most recently in the arena of unwarranted toxic bullying, we've seen the attempted cancellation of Alan. When you read closely, the allegations against Alan have been largely to do with her workplace, behind the scenes and anecdotal encounters. But news outlets like BuzzFeed will write articles with explosive claims, or my favourite brand of lazy journalism, screenshots from a few extreme tweets on the topic, then supporting them with an article that insinuates those are the popularist view, when in fact there might only be two or three tweets of that nature. It's just clickbait, but then other news articles pick it up and it totally spirals. The personal allegations against Ellen herself come down to her being not as nice as she seems, which, so what? I don't like talking to anyone when I have to be in at work before 9am, but give me a coffee or two, speak to me after 10am, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Just because she's built an empire on being kind and doing good things, it doesn't mean she's not human and she can't have a moment like the rest of us. It's hardly cause to destroy someone's entire life and legacy. Now, before you at me, let me stress, bullying in a workplace or a toxic workplace is not okay. I've experienced this myself. I've spoken about it on the podcast, jokingly, but in reality, it is soul-destroying. Personally, though, I would never think suitable retribution would be to destroy my CEO's life. I would think in order to make change, there would be more immediate managers to be held accountable first and addressing the actual problem at hand, which is toxicity and bullying. This is what cancel culture doesn't do. As Jenna Wortham of the New York Times suggests, cancel culture deals with the symptoms of a sick society rather than treating the disease. But that's just my experience. And I, like most of us, don't work at The Allen Show, so I really have no right to assess the appropriate resolution for that business. The alleged allegations are being investigated, as they 100% should be, and the resolution should come from that, not the angry mob on Twitter. As Obama also said, the way to make change isn't to be as judgmental as possible to feel good about yourself for condemning someone's mistakes. I get it, though. It's more nuanced because Ellen is a public figure, so it is arguably in the public interest. And she has publicly owned that this happened on her show and ultimately the buck stops with her. To me, her apology is heartfelt and genuine. Here's an excerpt. As someone who was judged and nearly lost everything for just being who I am, I truly understand and have deep compassion for those being looked at differently or treated unfairly, not equal or worse, disregarded. To think that any one of you felt that way is awful to me. Sure, she may have had her PR team help with that, but she gets it. She does. She's upset and horrified. She's human and she fucked up and she apologized. She's not committed a crime, so let's move on and do better. But cancel culture? 
doesn't care. Cancel culture is like anti-vaxxers or anti-maskers. No amount of logic makes them see reason. Cancel culture does not accept apologies. It ignores the fact that nobody is perfect, yet expects everyone to act as if they are. And it will relentlessly kick you when you're down until you are completely destroyed. The punishment does not fit the crime. And here's Obama again. He said, people who do really good stuff have flaws. And what cancel culture conveniently ignores when it comes to Ellen is that she does a lot of good stuff. So much good stuff that this mistake shouldn't even be a blemish on her resume filled with kindness and generosity. And this resume is lengthy. She literally created a show after being cancelled herself for being gay. And she could have made this show about anything. Home shopping, comedy, self-indulgent interests, interviews, mean-spirited skits. But she chose to make it about making the world a better place. Besides Oprah, who does that? None of the other talk show or late night hosts do. She was the first woman to come out on national television, paving the way for marginalized LGBTQIA people, despite it nearly destroying her career. Her motto in life is simply to be kind, which she has demonstrated countless times through her charitable partnerships, ongoing campaigns to spread kindness and philanthropy all over the world, plus her TV show. I've got a full list of just some of her achievements in the show notes at largearmandlatte.com. She's also been awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the USA's highest honor. She does this because, to me, Alan is quite simply a good person. These are her values. Quote, if you don't know me very well, if you're just watching maybe for the first time or just getting to know me, I want to be clear And here are the values that I stand for. I stand for honesty, equality, kindness, compassion, treating people the way you want to be treated, and helping those in need. To me, those values are traditional, and that's what I stand for. So tell me again why the mob is so hell-bent on destroying this woman's life and legacy? As Obama said, cancel culture is not activism. It's not bringing around change. If all you're doing is casting stones, you're probably not going to get that far. Cancel culture is a temporary arena for toxicity that hides behind a facade of moral righteousness. It destroys people, not the diseases of society, and it needs to stop. If these cancelers want to make real change, maybe they should seek the advice of someone who has made real change to thousands of people's lives and take a page out of Alan's book. And now for a change of gears, something we all need in our lives right now, selling sunset. It gave my brain a nap and it is the only show on TV right now that inspires me to go to the gym, do my hair, put my makeup on, go to work and hustle hard. Of course, like I don't do that, but it makes me want to. Brought to you by Adam DeVallo, the man behind the most influential show in my life ever, Laguna Beach. Selling Sunset follows the real estate agents working at the Oppenheim Group, a real estate brokerage in LA, which means the agents are all unbelievably glamorous, beautiful, and cashed up. Obviously, if they weren't, it would just be house hunters. It's the only workplace that actually would discriminate against middle-aged white males because you could be the best real estate agent in the world, but unless you're a stunning 30-something woman, you cannot work there or at least not be on camera. This is basically the real estate version of Real Housewives, but the women are 10 years younger. 
Living in Melbourne, where the average house price is 17 times higher than the average annual wage, I get a bit cocky when I watch this show. I love that while they have these aspirational lives and clearly have so much cash money, they sell these like flush $3 million houses in the Hollywood Hills with like a pool house, a 12-car garage, five bedrooms to one of their celeb clients like Karamo from Queer Eye. And they think it's so spenny. And I'm like, Plez. $3 million gets you a one-bedroom studio apartment in Melbourne or Sydney. Like as if just because I live in Melbourne, I could afford a luxury house in the Hollywood Hills, which of course I can't, but I know a lot of boomers who could. But then they'll go and sell this unbelievable house like this one at the top of the Hollywood Hills, which sold for $35 million. And oh my gosh, this house makes Point Piper or Turak look like commission flats. Selling Sunset wouldn't be an elite tier reality show without the in-house, lol, drama. The first two seasons are your standard best friend backstabbing, cheating, gold digging for a husband variety. But the third season is juicier than some Cotty's real fruit cordial. Chriselle was married to Justin Hartley, who is the hot guy from This Is Us. Or the hardcore fans will remember him from Passions. So Justin tells Chriselle they're getting a divorce. Out of the blue, buyer text. She is totally blindsided and devastated. It's drama, 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 followed by some hardcore Googling and Instagram stalking once you finish watching it. It's at least two days of your ISO sorted. It's a nine out of 10 for me. It's such easy viewing. I just wish there was more of it. listening to La Jam and Lache. If you loved the podcast, a five-star rating and review would really help validate us. La Jam and Latte exists because of your opinions, so keep sharing them in the Facebook group La Jam and Latte, on the gram at La Jam and Latte Media, and visit lajamandlatte.com to read, write, engage, subscribe to our newsletter, and generally get your peepers around even more brunch banter. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.